I can't do no math with fractions. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? We are going to start today's Requiem for a Tuesday with a public service announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, for my entire life and for generations on end, something was missing. The guy, okay? The guy was missing. And after, you could say, 50 years, you could say even longer, the guy has been found, okay? Didn't plan on this. This was not how we were going to do the show, but uh, we got him. I mean, I am just in love with Justin Fields. Um, I remember the excitement that reigned over me when the Giants traded out of their pick, and I was like, oh, the Patriots are moving up. And then I saw that little C show up, and I thought, no, no way. And they did it. And they did it. And now, you know, Ryan Pace is a disaster and Matt Nagy is a bigger disaster. And Justin survived all that. There were some learning curves early on in the season. Bad offensive line, weak skill position. You've heard it a billion times. I was adamant not the worst roster in the NFL, as everyone said. Um, I thought that it was a team you could get by with. Now, the offensive line, maybe not so much, and they've held up way better than anyone could have thought. Um, But it looked rough. It looked very, very rough. And it was crazy because I went to a practice. I saw what all the players were saying about how great the team looked in practice, and I was befuddled as to why it wasn't translating to the game. And even on this show, I came out and I was like, look, for the first time, I think I have doubts. And... I toyed with having those doubts for multiple weeks, and eventually it was like, look, that's as bad as it gets. And uh, I regret letting myself get there because I'm I'm as high as I've ever been, and I was very high on this man before. And uh, what can you say? The most rushing yards in NFL history by a quarterback? Not in a playoff game, we get it, but I will counter that with... New addition, Chase Claypool, who everyone said we gave out too much. Look, the Packers lost out on him. That's huge for us. And he was on the field for like four plays and made a huge difference because he got that pass interference call early on a play he probably would have caught, still almost came down with it one-handed. And he drew another pass interference penalty when we needed it most, driving to win the game, and they didn't call it. And St. Brown dropped a fourth down completion that would have kept the game going. My point is, could have gotten another five yards running at the end there and really cemented it. Playoff, not playoff, whatever. I don't know why they need to quantify it as non-playoff because forever the stats were completely separate. But basically now because of Tom Brady doing the 100,000 combined and Belichick with the postseason and regular season combined. We're just deciding that now all the stats are combined. Frustrating, gone my whole life with them being separate stats, but okay, that's what we're doing now anyway. 
Um, I I was smiling ear to ear after the game, despite the loss, because like I've been saying, they can look great and lose, and that's all we really want to get the higher draft pick. But to be honest, I mean, now the Commanders' loss is a lot worse. Uh, the Giants, that one, you know, we probably still would have lost that game. But point being that we've been in enough close games that it's like if we could have won them, you know, could make a run. But what I'm choosing to look at it as, the more games we're in and competitive in, just a better sign for us to turn a corner with a fully revamped roster. We're going to clearly make great draft picks. I think Ryan Poles is amazing. Uh, every decision he's made has clearly worked out for the betterment of the team. And, you know, I did say maybe they should have went for Dable over Eberflus, even though, again, I was very high on Eberflus. I was just very down at the moment. Uh, he seems like a phenomenal coach because this team, according to everybody, should be awful, and they're not. Now, the defense is feeling those trades. That's for sure. They've been worse and worse uh, over the past few weeks. And, you know, whatever. We're just going to have to deal with that, I suppose. But now it looks like we're going to be in a lot of shootouts versus getting blown out. And that's great that this offense can perform at this level. And what more can you say about Justin Fields? I mean, he's everything you've wanted him to be coming out. The only thing missing is the deep ball, and that's, I guarantee, a correlation of not having enough time to even try to attempt that, which is why he only throws like two or three a game. Um, but wow. Who knew? To just come out of nowhere, I mean, the last few weeks he played well, but there'd still be those moments in there. But yesterday was like a flawless game. Uh, he's leading the team down the field at the end with poise. And like, you know, St. Brown, if he just doesn't drop it, or if they call that pass interference, we could be talking about a great win despite getting absolutely burned on every play. And the defense did shut them out after a failed drive. We had to punt late, three and out real quick to put us in that opportunity so I mean they're making the right adjustments at the right times I just think everything looks great and 120 plus million dollars available in cap space next year you can tell me how weak the free agent class is overall all we have to do is have middling upgrades across the board I mean the O-line is where they need to spend a bunch of money maybe get another receiver added on and the, and the offense is good to go. Defense, do whatever you want. I don't really care. I'd be good with the defense sucking still as long as it puts us in contention. Like, we're not going to have an elite both. And as long as we're putting the offense first, which the Claypool trade I think is a good sign of, uh, I mean, 2023 in Chicago is going to be pretty nice. That's how I'm feeling. Um, I could not be happier. And, uh, why, I mean, a loss for words. It's just such a special feeling to feel like... I can't say it because, like, I feel like it'll jinx it or just make it not true, but I feel like we're on the verge of something special where... You know, you look at Kansas City and you like literally when I went to Kansas City, I was like, man, it must be amazing to live here because you get to claim this, this greatness. 
You get to tune in every week and think we're going to win. We definitely got a shot, no matter what the injuries are on the list. You know, the fact that he's playing like this with this cast, like Lamar's MVP year, the O-line was great. The running backs were great. The receivers weren't great. They're probably bare level, to be honest. But, you know, the whole team around him was so insanely much better than this. The fact that he was able to set the record, like, that's the thing. There's always bad teams who can perform and whatever. And like I said, like with Nat, I've said this before, I guess not earlier today, because I have been talking for quite a while now. Uh, <laughs> they were able to like run the ball as some offense as a counter to not being able to pass. We're somehow now able to pass a little bit, definitely a lot better than the start, but we have an elite running game with a worse roster than you know two years ago and that's really saying something because let you know with nothing but upgrades to come uh this is really scary kind of like the way the Bengals last year were able to overcome the worst offensive line in the NFL and again that's due to a ton of talent but they became elite immediately because Joe's the guy and he just had some receivers we either need to have some receivers or some blocking, and Justin's right there. Um. So, yeah. I just had to get that out there. I got nobody. There's nobody who I could be like, do you, do you understand how special this is? Nobody cares, you know? It's a curse. So I'm here to broadcast it to all of you. My Chicago faithful, hopefully, tuning in. Rate, review, and subscribe <laughs> to Requiem for a Tuesday. Uh, you're home for Chicago Bears passion. <laughs> Check out the merch at rfat.bigcartel.com. Follow me on Instagram at adam.rfat. Multiplex, Wolfex, music streaming everywhere. Also on Bandcamp. Might be easier to show up in a search on there. Who knows? Even then, we're probably buried. Uh, as is this show. So give it that five stars. I think that's all the stuff. It's all linked in the description below. Go ahead. Enjoy. Check it out. Lots of art. Lots of entertainment. Lots of me screaming. So soak it in. I mean, literally, like my body was tingling. Like as I'm watching the game, I just couldn't believe it. When he had that 60 yard run, it reminded me of just a few weeks ago. He had a 50 yard run, was called back by a stupid penalty that was questionable still. And it's like, oh, well, there was this moment. Like, I just, everything I just kept expect. like, oh, there's another thing to destroy his attitude, his confidence. There's another thing to, you know, just make him feel like he's not going to succeed. And credit to him, the guy has been a winner in his mind the whole time. And deservedly so. The talent has been there. Uh, and it's all coming together. And it's always weird to me how that can work, how you can look like the one of the worst offenses of all time and reel it in. And I guess, look, if your team's that bad, it would just stay that bad. So credit to the coaches, credit to everybody for continuing to work. And wow, I'm just so excited. Everything has changed so much in just a few weeks. God, I love football. God bless America, God bless the Chicago Bears, and God bless us for getting to watch. I mean, could you imagine being a Canadian or something stupid like that? 
not getting to enjoy this. You know, this is God's country. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's pivot to uh, what I was actually going to talk about today. Oh, also, sorry, not yet. Fuck you. <laughs> um, there was no episode last week. Apologies. It was Halloween. Had just gone to grand old Ann Arbor, Michigan. And, uh, you know, watch Michigan's crush Michigan State, as expected. So your boy was a little gassed. Here we are. We're back. Uh, hope your Halloween was nice. I'm doing this all out of order. It's almost like I should, you know, actually cut and edit this episode, and then I can put it proper. But nah, we're doing it like this. That was my public service announcement. Um, Justin Fields forever. I can't wait. I can't wait. Like, the next decade's going to be awesome. That's how high I am right now, and that's probably foolish. Something might crush my hopes and dreams. Uh, I, I can't even stop, but Lions next week should be another great offensive outing. Okay. <laughs> now that we're caught up, we're going to talk a little movie called Barbarian. Now, this went, this blew up. Went viral, as the youngins say, and it was great. Went in not really knowing anything. You know, you read the one, little one-sentence description, girl goes to an Airbnb, things are not what they seem, you know, whatever. They keep it real vague like that, and I like that. And this is going to contain spoilers, so there's your warning. I'm going to go through the whole plot word for word, and if you haven't seen the movie, Pause right here. Come back to this episode when you're done. Because uh, it's much better to go in not knowing where it's going to go because it goes a lot of places. And it's jarring in a great way for the most part. I mean, you know, you've listened to the show. You know what I do. You know what's about to happen here. Um... I would say a triumphant effort for a debut and all that. A lot of greatness here. Potential. Like, one of those, not one of those, though, where the idea was great and it was not nearly executed and needs to, like, sh- sh- deserves to be redone in a better way. I would just say a couple of the avenues they went down maybe should have veered in another direction. I think the choices that were made overall make this movie still very good and a lot of fun, but, but, had a few things been tweaked in another way, I think this was like literally on the verge of being an instant classic. That was how much I enjoyed this. And so let's dive in. So it starts with this girl getting out of an Uber in the pouring rain, or she drove, I believe. But either way, uh, she drives up to a house in the dark. You can't see anything around. There are no lights on basically in the whole neighborhood. It's pitch black, so you don't really know where she's at in any way. There's just this house. Uh, It's an Airbnb. She tries to go to the lockbox, get the key. The key isn't there. What the hell, right? Um, She finds that someone else is in the house, and you're immediately like, okay, this is where the mind games are going to begin. And again, I'm going to keep... 
hearkening back to this mantra here, didn't know where anything was going the whole time. So, you know, my mind's trying to play this guessing game. Like, oh, because I know that something's going to be interesting. Because I know, uh, that's all that I know. I just know it's going to go where I don't expect it. So I'm trying to fill these blanks in, right? And it's like, oh, okay. So the guy's at the house. He says it's double booked. He somehow shows proof that it's double booked, which all does happen. But the whole time in my head, I'm like, okay, this is somehow a trap. This guy's up to something. No way the house was double booked. We are heading down some mystery kidnap underground type. Uh, what's it called? Like trafficking <laughs> scenario here. Like that's where this is going in my head. Now, this guy is Bill Skarsgård. Not my favorite of the Skarsgårds, but a talent nonetheless. Um, The guy's real nice the whole time too, but like fidgety. And the movie does an amazing job of building this tension. So it does, they make you feel like you're in a traditional horror movie. And the things that I was just explaining that you, that I was thinking might happen, they do a good job of alluding that, oh, this is where it's going. Like, no, 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 no. You're right. We're going to keep suspenseful. We're going to do a bunch of weird shit. Um, For example, in the middle of the night, she's sleeping. Her door just pops open. And then another door slams and she gets up and she's like, was that you? And he's like, no, what the fuck? And it's like, oh, wait, I think maybe he is just double booked and a nice guy, you know? And so the next morning she wakes up, basically also, you know, they went through a whole back and forth like, oh, I'm going to prove that I'm supposed to be here. We're going to have a little trust game type thing. And then they kind of get to know each other, end up liking each other. And it's it's all gravy. And you're like, all right, that's interesting. And then, you know, when she gets up, when the doors are moving, you're like, oh, he's not going to be in bed. No, he's just sleeping there. And it's like, okay, wait, so what's happening? Then she goes out for her job interview. That's the reason why she's in town and has this Airbnb. And... She's in, like, the middle of the hood. And also, I will say, like, the whole time I'm trying to nitpick everything that's going on, right? It's like, oh, she booked this Airbnb. Why, You know, why would she do it like this? And why would they do it like that? Like, he lets her stay. Like, I wouldn't stay with this guy. I'd go try to find a hotel. And then he's like, oh, there's a conference in town. You're not going to be able to find a hotel. It's like, you can find a hotel anywhere at any time. And it's also, like, Priceline. Expedia, all these sites exist, so it's like you could at least be looking, you know? So there's there, there were some flimsy excuses, but overall, you know, they justified all the logic of them sleeping together well enough that it's fine because ultimately he didn't end up being the guy at fault. Um, so technically, I will say she made the right decision based on the information she had at the time. Um. <laughs> But yeah, she goes outside and it's the middle of the hood. And this all makes sense because the guy explained that he's part of this like artist collective and they open in shitty housing areas. So it all checks out as to why he would be in that location. Um, Poor research, I guess, is enough of an excuse on her part. But it's like, damn, you would usually like Google Street View and see where you're at. If you really don't know where a place is, uh, you shouldn't book an Airbnb in the middle of the hood safe to say and i'm talking like a real hood like abandoned like 
boarded up houses across the way. The grass is overgrown everywhere. Graffiti everywhere. People roaming, you know? Like, it's not a place where, like, it's a community that's kind of run down. It's an abandoned, like, horror show to where you would never be there. It's a place where nobody would ever be. And so that's really jarring. And then she goes to the interview. At the end of the interview, she tells the lady where she's staying. And the lady's like, you need to get the fuck out of there. And she's like, no, like, it's whatever. And she's like, no, like, seriously, like, you shouldn't even be there. And she just kind of blows it off, which is silly because the lady was showing genuine concern. I will give the actor credit there. But she also was like kind of feeling the guy. So she was kind of excited to get back anyway. She gets back, some guy's screaming at her, like, get out of here, get out of here, and chases her. And so she's like, oh, that's a crackhead trying to kill me. She goes to the house, and the key isn't there, so she has to, like, break in, I believe. I don't really remember the scenario there. Um, she goes into the base. Basically, she's trying to gather her things and just leave, which is the right decision, but is afraid to run outside because she thinks the guy's hiding and will pop out and attack her. All fair. Um, that somehow turns into her going into the basement, maybe just so she could peek out the basement window to look around or just look for, like, a hammer or something. I don't remember. But I'm pretty sure there was some logic to it. However, she ends up in the basement, and the basement door just closes behind her and locks. And you're like, what? But then... That's the reason why the doors were opening and closing the night before. It doesn't really make sense, but whatever. And since you don't know where it's going again, you're kind of like, oh, is this like a ghost story then? But it's basically like, no, it's an old weird house. Um, And then eventually she just gets bored in the basement. She starts looking around. She finds a string that pulls a wall back and there's like a hidden room with like, it's a murder room with a camera. It's horrible. And really disturbing just to look at it. Uh, the guy ends up showing up. They, I don't know how he gets in the house or he's the one who had the key, whatever. He ends up finding her. And then she's freaking out and she's like, I need to fucking leave. I just saw this crazy shit. And he's like, no, stay. Don't go. I want to look. I want to see if we're going to, if you're going to freak out, like I'll see if I'm going to freak out. And she's like, I really want to just go. And all of it's the right choice. And he convinces her to stay and he's going to go look. And he's like, all right, well, will you come with me? And again, the tension is now back where it's like, okay, he set up, he lives in the house. And it's his kill room. And now it's going to get crazy. And the tension comes back and they do a great job of building it back. But she somehow gives in and it's like, don't give in. He's going to kill you in that room. Like, it's very clear. Which, no matter what. You should be thinking that. If you see a kill room, assume whoever's around is going to use it. Get away from a kill room. No matter what. Um, But she listens. And then he's down there for a very long time. And eventually she's like, okay, I care about the guy for whatever reason. I'm going to go look. And it's just like, bitch, this could be over. So she does end up making a stupid decision. She goes back there and then learns that this tunnel system just keeps going and going and going. And then she finds him and he's like, yo, we have to get the fuck out of here. But he's like injured. And then all of a sudden 
a giant monster comes up and kills the guy and she runs out or no that's the thing a giant like naked lady corpse monster comes up and kills the guy and then it just cuts and you're like what and this is the decision this is the part of the movie where i don't really get it um it cuts to justin long rolling down a scenic california highway and basically he gets a phone call and it's clear that he's like an actor on some show and he gets a call from like his agent and they're like, yo, your co-star says you raped her. You're kicked off the show. And he's like, what? And basically that's the reason. Okay. Backtrack a little bit more. <laughs> basically it reveals that he is the owner of, of that house because it's a rental property and he needs to go stay there so he can start, you know, getting ready to be accused of rape and never working again. Get a little jump start before the press release comes out. And that's the reason why he needs to go back to this house and will then carry the movie on. My argument is just like, does that have, does it have to be like that quote unquote topical that that's how we're connecting this all back. Like it easily could have just been like I'm from Detroit. Somebody died. Whatever. You need to go to the house and do this. No, I guess that doesn't help. The argument of what I'm owning the house. But whatever. You know what I mean? It could have been like his brother owned the house and died. He needs to go there to settle the will. Could have been whatever. Some my, Your manager stole all your money. Like you gave your shit to a bad accountant. Whatever. No matter what. I own this rental property. I need to go back is all they really need to focus on. They're also trying to give you the hint that he's a shitty guy. But again, a lot of ways to do that. You can do that via him trying to sell the house for whatever reason he needs to sell it. You can make it clear that he's a shitty guy. Um, regardless, whatever. It's just a little nugget. But it, given the jarring cut of it, it's double jarring that they're like, this is the character you're introducing. It's like, wait, what movie am I watching? Anyway. So he comes back and he discovers the tunnels as well, but is only interested in the square footage of all the area so he can try to sell the house for more money. Um, he also is not alarmed by the neighborhood at all, shows his narcissism and all that stuff. Um, and good comic relief, I would say, but again, jarring and it goes on a little bit too long. Like if they could have trimmed this down like four more minutes... Um, cause it's kind of like, okay, can we get back to like the other shit, you know, already? And, but they do do a good job of building it. Cause he's just like measuring and measuring and measuring all these tunnels. And it's like, wait, he's never going to find anybody or anything. So he eventually discovers the lady, the giant deformed monster, which again, that's my other major disagreement. I should have mentioned it. The monster, just not a great reveal. It's like, wait, what is this? There's just a monster living in the tunnels. And they will get to explaining the origin of this monster, but still doesn't work for me. So anyway, let's keep going. He then runs into her kind of runs away, falls into this like trap. There's a hole in the floor basically and he's trapped in the tunnel. Um turns out the girl survived. And 
she's down there with him. She's like, drink from this bottle. He's like, no, I'm not going to drink from this fucking bottle. She's like, do it, do it, do it. He doesn't. So she takes him away and forces him to breastfeed. Very gross. The girl then escapes, gets to a gas station on foot, and runs down the police. Unfortunately, she looks like a crackhead is in the middle of an abandoned thing, so they don't believe her, and they leave. Then it hard cuts again. Now, this hard cut, much more effective, and the way it was filmed and everything about it was interesting. It was probably the best part of the whole movie, to be honest, and... If they had done a whole movie just on this guy in this style with like really quick cuts and slick, there's slick music throughout the whole thing, but just the way it was done showing this like soulless monster of a man. So it shows basically the person who originally owned the house and it reveals that he was a serial killer and he would kidnap women and, you know, do horrible shit to them in the basement. Um, the reveal ends up being that he would rape these women before he killed them, keep them alive, have their children, raise their children, then kill them. And then when those children were raised, I guess he would do the same. And then that would just happen for decades, which led to the deformed mother. Now, they don't reveal this, um, the monster lady. They don't reveal this until... After this hard cut, then they escape and talk to that homeless guy who wasn't crazy. He just knew about the lady because she goes out at night. Uh, So that's when they reveal all that. It's not all revealed in this origin story. I guess it's supposed to be implied, but not really. Um, So after she, the girl, escapes, the monster goes after her. So Justin Long tries to escape and finds the dude. And he's like, I'm going to get us out of here, man. And it's just the dude, really old, really fucked up, and he has all these videotapes. Justin Long plays one, freaks out, of course, and then the guy kills himself. So then Justin Long escapes. Um, And takes the gun with him, which is smart. Then the girl gets into her car... And drives it into the monster. And it's like, well, that's not enough. You should go reverse, drive, reverse, drive, reverse, drive. Whatever, you're in a shock moment. And for some reason, she goes after to save Justin Long, but whatever. I don't know why. And he caps her. (laughs) Because they're both running towards each other. And it was kind of funny. And she ends up being fine. It would have been crazier if he killed her. Given how hard everything has cut and happened in this movie. That's how I thought it was going to go. Um, but then they escape on foot, they get out, they find out that she's no longer pinned to the house via the car, but the car won't work, so they run on foot, she chases them down after, sorry, they run into the homeless guy, he explains the origin, she then shows up, kills the homeless guy, and they run to like a water tower or something, um, they go to the top of the water tower, and... Justin Long just pushes the chick off because they discover that, oh, I left this part out. My bad. That was why I called her the mother earlier. Um, She just wants to treat them as babies. So that is where the bottle comes from. And that's why the girl's unharmed. She just keeps drinking the bottle, hence the breastfeeding. Um, So she just wants to take care of them. Justin Long realizes this, pushes the girl off. The mom jumps after her the mom monster 
and dies on impact. The girl somehow survives and um, AJ, AJ is his name. He climbs down and turns out Mother Monster's not dead. She kills him and then the other girl grabs the gun, kills the mom. It's over. Um, it was thoroughly, thoroughly entertaining. Again, Sidewinder. You don't know where it's going at any point in time. The monster reveal, again, disappointing. I guess maybe just the look of it, if that was the origin story they wanted to go with, like, that would be cool. It was just too much, like, for a movie set trying to be somewhat in a realistic realm. It was, like, also a giant. So it's, like, if it's an incest product, that's just not how any of that would work. I get it. It's a horror movie, um, but a brilliant idea. And again, that second cutaway just with the heavy synth and this truly evil guy, whoever the actor is that played that guy was amazing. And just that little part and just watching the ruthlessness of that guy. Anyway, explaining it as the origin of the house and all of that and really just great stuff. Now, all of it didn't necessarily need to be connected. Like, did the house need to be in such an abandoned, terrible area? Maybe not, but it contributes to how it could all work. Again, like, everything within the movie is justified within itself, so I I can't blame any of the execution of anything. I think that they had a great vision and did a great job executing what they wanted to. You know, just personally, some of the choices weren't for me, but an excellent modern horror flick especially for like an indie first movie and all that i was thoroughly impressed and entertained it very much lived up to the hype that it had wish Skarsgård would have been in more he's a great actor and was a great um they had great chemistry and all that but you know whatever i get it had to be how it had to be i'm sure that was also contingent on getting his booking time (laughs) so Uh, That was my love letter to Justin Fields and my love letter to Barbarian. Hope you liked it. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with God knows what, but I'm sure it'll be a blast because isn't it always here with old Adam? (laughs) Rate, review, and subscribe, especially Spotify. Come on. The review store aren't even showing up, people. So give me those fives across the board. Couldn't be worth anything less. And, uh, you know, Apple too. do it all. You know the drill. Get the downloads up. All, of, all the beautiful stuff. Everything's linked in the description below. Merch and all that. Music. Go check it all out. Till next Tuesday. Remember. I are fat. You are fat. We are fat. Calculator.